Hi, welcome to the Yowie Show. Hi. I, I threatened Corolla. <laughs> you, yeah, you. before this show started, I've been flipped off and threatened. You have. You have. And, you have, and we've been have. here five minutes. We have. Uh, <laughs> hello. Welcome. Hello. It is uh, July, which means it's our birth month. Oh, my God. Corolla's birthday is uh, sooner approaching than mine. Hooray. Okay, well, I <laughs> No, it's fine. My, yeah, my, my birthday is on Friday. It's on the 7th. Yeah, the, the face of a man who tried. <laughs> he tried. Uh, I finally got all of the pieces of your gift in. <gasps> wow. They're in a box just off camera. And I won't spoil, but the cutest interaction happened with one of your gifts. So I won't spoil it. Will you tell me when it when I get it? I will. Okay. I will. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget because Lord knows it's not going to arrive till sometime next month. <laughs> <laughs> True. Because Lord knows it's not arriving until sometime next month. But uh, yeah. welcome to the Yowie Shelf. Welcome. Grab a seat and relax. Uh, Corolla, what are we talking about today? We are talking about representation 2.0 in BL. We are. We are. We are. Um, so... Uh, fans of the old show will know that we have, as a show, have talked about representation in the past. Um, and while I don't think that the old episode is invalid, please don't die. Um, I'm sorry, it's the dust. I was well, in a, I was doing a storage cleanup today, and I'm fucking dying. Yeah, she she's not just like being held hostage. Like you can't just say it's the dust. Like you're a coal mining child. Like <laughs> remind, remind me to share. <laughs> A picture in the Discord afterwards yes. about what my shoes look like because oh my god! Because <laughs> right now you sound like one of those like Victorian <laughs> coal mining children who just like comes out oh, like god. an like an Aberfam disaster thing. You're just like covered yeah. in soot and coal, and it's like mother says I might be able to have a piece of cake if I bring back enough to heat the furnace. You, know, you just sound. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. I, I may be um, graced with a, with a small slice of plum if I work hard enough in the mind. <laughs> just like a, oh just a wistful Victorian child who's been kept in the mines. Oh, dang, you found my real identity. I mean, mood and same. Uh, so we talked about representation on the old show, but I will say it's a perspective that is very, um, it's limited. It's definitely the perspective of two old black people. <laughs> <laughs> and also, was it was recorded... How many years since you recorded that one? Like, it's it's been at least, like, two. Yeah, and it's... And it's... A lot of things have happened in the world of right, BL in two of years. Things, a lot of things have changed, and I want to really talk about... Because I think we focused a lot on, like, racial representation in mm. that. Which is something that I still have uh, feelings about. If you go over to my blog, I just posted about uh, my feelings about race head cannons and Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Uh, because I know, right? Occasionally I still blog. But um, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that today. I think there is a space to talk about that. And I think that that old episode is a good starting point for a new conversation but today we're really talking about representation in broad strokes. Like what I did with my highlighter today. Broad strokes. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, I was watching um, Nikki Tutorials, who is a Oh, queen. I love Nikki. 
I didn't start following Nikki until very, very recently. I'm kind of glad because I think if I like was following her when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, she's horrible. Uh, <laughs> because I, all I, makeup was horrible back then. Like it's not yeah, but- personal. Like. I've I've when I say I watched her like because I yeah. will listen to people's story times and not actively watch but I'll be listening so yeah I've listened to a lot of her story times yeah uh, but I've never really paid attention to her makeup videos because obviously I don't usually do makeup and then she was she was the host of Eurovision a couple she was. Of years ago and I was yeah. like what because I didn't well, know she was Dutch or she's Dutch yeah. right yeah she is she is Dutch also she was outed she had to like force come out as trans oh yeah and like she really took that but uh my point was she was like reviewing this highlighter product and she said not all of us are highlighting like 20 like it's 2016 and it's like I am still hiding highlight like it's 2016 <laughs> I want the sharpest like done with a credit card like <laughs> highlight line like every time you turn you just blind someone because i still put on makeup like a drag queen but i don't know how to do any of those things so you'll you'll have to if you ever come to the united states or i ever go to norway which one of those is more likely than the other yeah um, (laughs) i will be more than happy to share with you all of my makeup tips so you may one day look as painted as i do uh so we are here to talk about uh, representation in broad strokes and really how much things have changed even just yeah. in the past couple of years because things have been a changing. Oh, yeah. uh, Corolla, we do this at the top of the show now. Uh, you want to tell our fine listeners about Patreon? Yes, because I did such a great job last month. <laughs> I am actually terrible at this every month. We have a Patreon. We're we super, do. super grateful to our patrons because they allow us to, first of all, go absolutely unhinged in our monthly exclusive episodes that are mm-hmm. wild. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like are, text notes are insane. Yeah, they are insane. I do recommend that you consider checking them out. Um, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, and patrons also get exclusive merch, yep. uh, exclusive input sometimes on what we might be doing. Including our uh, Halloween costume this year. Yeah. I am so nervous about that because I'm like, you know, because I will potentially have to order things. And I'm like, well, we need to start cracking on that now if I'm to have That's all cruel. the pieces. We- Okay, we're going to go back real vintage what Yahoo Shelf. We had a meeting. I gave you an outline that I said, yeah. in August, we're going to come together with our decisions. That way we pitch it to the patrons. And then I've been planning this the entire time. Okay, but I am a chaos gremlin who <laughs> left my brain in the mines <laughs> today. And who, I- left, who left your brain in the storage closet and forgot I, that I, I had all those protections saved in. I can't remember a single thing from that meeting we had because that was weeks ago. It was. I can't confirm it was weeks ago. I am a different person now. Or actually, I'm less of a person now. So as we are steadily going into my personal organizer hell. uh, True. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, patrons get to decide what we're wearing for Halloween this year. Including, uh, we're taking suggestions. Uh, Very high on my list are uh, a pair of murderous cops. Oh. Oh, I like that. The only time I'm not a cab. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's different. The only acceptable cop. The only. 
I was gonna make an otter pun, but I didn't want you to quit the show. Tama, uh, tama, yes. I'm fine. Triggered. Ah! Triggered. Oh uh, okay, so here's where we have to make a blanket statement. Yeah. Things have changed in the world of BL. Yeah. Think, yes. Yes. Uh, some would argue that those changes are for the better. Are you not one of those people? It's like when you say it like that, it's like some people, and they are wrong. No, I, I think it's a case-by-case scenario. We're going to yeah. get there. We're going to get there. But um, things certainly have moved in a direction that I feel like is better representation for a wider swath of people. We've discussed this in the Fujin Pipeline episode. We've discussed this in the Our Fujin Way episode that... I feel like companies are finally starting to understand that Fujin is a diverse group and doesn't just involve Fujoshi. Mm-hmm. While Fujoshi are still a majority, that majority status is definitely starting to narrow and incorporate more people that are non-binary, are gender fluid, are Fudanshi. Hmm. who have always been part of the community and would be very, very upset if I ignored them. Um, Because I know all of them. All of the Fudons, I know all of them. (laughs) You know every single one. Every single Fudon. All of them. I know all of them. They're all my friends. Um, But companies are finally starting to catch on. They're also starting to catch on that uh, gay does not necessarily just mean one linear thing anymore. Mm -hmm. That it means lots of different things. Uh, that queer means lots of different things. And they're also trying to make very, very necessary steps into things being a little bit less um, problematic. I am so tired of that word. I'm not only because when I, because like when I think about how certain things were portrayed in the Yaoi and BL that we were growing up with. It wasn't good. No. And we've talked about that. <laughs> we have. We have. You know, the the specter of Yoshiki Kitazawa floats off camera. Uh. You know? Right. Like, that... <laughs> like, is that probably representation for a certain type of trans person? Absolutely. Is that good representation for a lot of trans people? No. No, it's not. No. Because, well, yeah, like, um, ContraPoints, you can mark that off your bingo card. It's 11 (laughs) minutes in, I'm talking about her. When she did her autogynephilia episode, yeah, there are some trans people that are autogynephiles. Like, that is true. But you can't assume that about every person and that can't be the only type of trans person you show in media mm-hmm. so companies are starting to get wise to the fact that you can't just say a character is trans and have them be a man in a dress you can't just throw around certain words they have meanings a lot of sexualities are much more complicated than they were in the 1990s and the 2000s there's newer ones yeah um so 
steps are being made. Do you have anything you'd like to echo to that point? Well, if we're talking about the diversity in terms of, you know, sexuality and gender norms, and I would love uh, to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, how to phrase, how to word? I, I'm thinking I can't. No, I mean it's, it's exactly like you said. You know, companies, uh, mangaka. I mean, if we're talking about, if we're talking about uh, the BL industry, so mm-hmm. you know, manga. And light mm-hmm. novels and games and and mm-hmm. you know the whole live action series mm-hmm. spectrum. There's there's definitely a lot more diversity in terms of how you know they they express those sexualities and how mm-hmm. like the, the the way that the characters express themselves or identify mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know just within the genre itself that again i think that i think that it's a very it's like a balancing act because on one hand you definitely do still have a lot of say manga that adheres to the the old school tropes you know about how you know the uke is always a twink and you know there is an uke and a sem and you you know you still have a lot of those but then you also Mm -hmm. have a lot more you know less static stereotypical characters and more Mm well-rounded i almost want to use the word realistic characters and so you know so that there's like it's kind of like even though i because i will always say that i separate bl from um western lgbtq content Mm -hmm. or male male content and i mean there Mm -hmm. is an overlap obviously and there is a borrowing there is because we we you know we are influenced by each other especially living in a global world but i still mm-hmm. separate them because bl at its core even though as um i did see an i uh, see i did see dr thomas talk about this on twitter the other day like it's it's wrong to just brush bl away as a fantasy but then at the same mm-hmm. time at its core bl has this fantasy aspect so it's not it doesn't have to be representative and every single bl doesn't have to be you know going for that like almost like the oscar of the bl world in terms of representation and no a hundred percent and i and i'm gonna circle that to come back to it later because i think we both have a lot to say when it comes to that and i think what's great is is that now there are more stories that do represent more people. Hmm. Um, I have not always looked to BL or male-male romance for representation, even as someone who masquerades as a male occasionally. That's not where I'm looking for my representation. Um, but I have nothing but respect for people that are mm. and are happy to see characters that look, sound, act more mm. like they do. Um, I think here's where I love it the most is when especially Western creators take up that charge and run with it. Mm. I think that's where I'm the most proud of seeing it is in web comics, it's in visual novels, it's in spaces like that. That's where I'm usually the happiest to see it. And if I do see it in media coming from Japan, it's 
different. Mm. Because I think we have to get the elephant out of the room, essentially, and very quickly. Uh, Japan has different thoughts about things. Yeah. I mean, all cultures do. <laughs> and we, we talk, Yeah, and we talk about this all the goddamn time. Like, like you have to look... Not all the goddamn time. Well, I do, in my personal <laughs> life. But there's, you know, there's the there's the historical context, there's the there there's the personal context, there's the there cultural is. context always. And Japan is. Japan is getting a lot better when dealing with LGBTQ plus issues, but it doesn't change the fact that, for instance, two experiences that I've had personally in my life. Um, the last time we were in Japan. Uh, I was very excited because there was this segment on the morning news where they were actually uh, spending mm -hmm. like a day with a gay couple, like with a male-male couple who lived in Tokyo. Oh. They were both Japanese. But the thing is, it was like, I was like, oh, this is exciting because they're putting this on like mainstream morning news. Mm -hmm. But it was so basic. It was like, okay, first we're going to introduce the the word lgbtq like the letters and what they mean and then we're going to go and mm -hmm. meet this couple and then i i get that what they were doing was like you know because they are in many ways be you know lagging behind in in you know normalizing and talking about these types mm -hmm. of relationships and mm -hmm. so they're kind of doing what 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 we like what Norwegian TV did maybe 30, 40 years ago, where it would be like, okay, we are now visiting these people at their house, and oh right. wow, you you have you have a dog like a normal couple does, and you or like they yeah. were a normal couple, but they were like, oh, you also do this very normal human thing, and it was yeah, it, I remember like a the real sex documentaries that were on like HBO in the US. Because they'd come on right after Sex in the City and before the L word. Mm. Oh, God, I which hate is... the L word. Yes. But you make so many L word references. I know, because I hate watched the whole thing. And I just finished watching season three of Generation Q. And I okay. still yeah, like, you know, hate, I hate yes, everyone. Yes, except Shane. You, you I love Shane. Of course you love. Oh, my God. I, of I, course. I, who doesn't love Shane? I mean, honestly. I, I, <laughs> it's true. Everyone loves Shane. I started watching that show because of her, not because of Shane, but because I'd actually seen the actress in something else and she confused me there too. So I was like, I need to see this person more. <laughs> but yeah, um, yes. Go but, on um, about your documentary. But uh, yeah, I'd be like, oh, you know, we're hanging out with, you know, a BDSM couple and it's always like the leatheriest leather yeah, dominatrix yeah, yeah. who's always like, eastern european because that's every dom every dom is an aryan looking eastern european amazon woman who's six feet tall clad in leather and the largest roundest least in shape businessman <laughs> i mean if you're going to make a documentary like this like obviously you have to go to the most extreme stereotype you do you do to you confirm do. those or you else do. how else are you supposed to inform humans it's, it's very right Right, because you can't be subtle. No, if you're, you just yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> but I, yeah, like it does feel like they're they're making steps that we, the Western world, has taken you know thirty years ago. And I say that in the U.S., a country that just ruled that uh, businesses can legally discriminate against queer people. 
your country is moving backwards in time. We know. Um, I actually found out somewhere quite recently, like this week, that apparently gay sex was technically still illegal in the U.S. in 2003. Yes. What the hell? What is happening? So so to this day, Texas has this decency law where you can't own more than six dildos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've talked about that. It's super hard to enforce. I don't know how they enforce it. How do you? I mean, I guess if everyone just shops on Amazon, there will be like a, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you've maxed out your dildo count for the state. The government has has logged you on six. You can't buy too many. What happens if one breaks, though? I don't know. I don't. There's not like a, it's not like a gun registry. <laughs> there's, more, there's more regulation on dildos than guns. We're not talking about representation. Oh, um, I'm shocked. No, and then the other the other thing that that I wanted to mention again. I'm not saying that everyone in Japan is like this. I think that especially the young people are a lot more informed and a lot more mm-hmm. aware. And activism is a big thing. And there's a whole like the the genderless mo- movement like there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of things but then you also have like people like my friend who mm-hmm. i believe i've mentioned this before this is a guy who i've hung out with him in japan he's been to visit us in norway several mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. he knows me and my girlfriend he's been to our house where we lived mm-hmm. together at least mm-hmm. we did we did at that time we lived together and he knows that we're a couple and, and that mm-hmm. we only had one bedroom and then mm. he somehow managed to ask me if I had found a boyfriend yet. Because he doesn't seem to quite grasp that, like, that's the, the, gay, <laughs> the gay thing. Yeah. So I think that we do have to acknowledge that, you know, Japan does still have a ways to go. I don't feel comfortable even broaching China at this point. China is different. Uh, also, China's I really different. don't know a lot about China. I I mostly just want this video to stay up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and again, like, but, but Japan Japan is making progress, and they are. And you can see that in the BL as well, and yes, I've seen like for instance that I I can't name any names right now, but I've seen mangaka who have been mm-hmm. out and talking about representation and rights and mm-hmm. or uh, on the social activism spectrum, whereas mm-hmm. I remember. I think like 10 years ago, I was reading this interview with Makoto Tatano and she'd said mm-hmm. that very clearly that BL isn't supposed to be a representative. It's supposed to be, you know, a fantasy. Like she was on the, of the belief back then. And I think this interview was old when I read it. So she may mm-hmm. not have the same state, like would, wouldn't necessarily say the same statement today, but it was just, mm-hmm. you would have mangaka back then saying that it, it had nothing to do with activism. It was just a fantasy, mm-hmm. but then now you have mangaka who are using their platform yeah uh, yeah. yeah so so yeah. that has changed because awareness is happening a hundred percent and it's even you know the differences and various uh styles you know cross-dressing is a very very common uh trope in a lot of mm. bl you know the radical difference between something like jano sabete and boy meets maria where mm. like that is a radically different yeah, approach yeah, yeah. to something that's shockingly similar at its core. <laughs> Words mm. I never thought I'd say, at least in that aspect. I'm not comparing yeah. the two. The two could not be more different. Um, Though they both have a fair share of trauma that. Yeah, both have their fair share of trauma. 
but you know, it's handled with so much more reverence yeah. Yeah. than Jay's cross-dressing little hobby that he has in Jay Knows Sabete. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see those changes come to fruition. It's interesting to see, you know, how the way that we as fans look at things in a different light, in a different mm-hmm. regard, you know, um, in our last live, we talked a lot about like headcanons and stuff like that. You know, now that, now that we as a fandom have a greater language to understand these things, you know, we do start describing, you know, sexuality and gender orientation headcanons to characters. Yeah. And it can have some very, very fun conversations with it. It can also be a clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely can. I'm just going to say it. It also, it can be really, really fun and a great moment of genuine representation. It can also be an absolute nightmare. And people are going to argue to you a lot about genderless space rocks. Steven Universe. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have not touched Steven Universe. I... You know, if I can put my um, my immense hatred for Rebecca Sugar as an individual in a box, All right. <laughs> I really used to love Steven Universe. I did. I really loved it. I I associate it with a person I absolutely do not like. So I have a that's really valid. I have a strained that's relationship. Valid. <laughs> that's, that's completely valid. Um, but we are seeing BL move in these directions. Yeah. Um, you see it definitely a lot more in Western BL, where again, where you have these web comics that are more willing to talk about this stuff. You see it in fan works. Um, so there's there there is change in the wind. Yeah. Uh, I also, I mean, mandatory corner where I talk about Thai BL because that is apparently my life now. But but uh, no, I, I just want to before I talk about the Thai BL, I just want to chime into what you said about the cross dressing because one thing that used to be such a like such a normal trope to come across was that whole idea that gay men were cross dressers. Like yes. that was it was like, and I know that a lot of people, uh, or I don't even I think it would be wrong to say a lot of people. I think that the, the term okama today is generally considered to be a slur. Um, even though, I mean, it's been used in both senses of the word, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so, but, but it would be, it would be like, if the, if there was a gay character, they would often be described to be an Okaman, you would often show them cross-dressing or it would be, or it would be assumed like you would have characters who had Mm -hmm. like a sexuality crisis and then they Mm -hmm. would be like, well, I'm not going to dress, you know, I'm not going to dress like a girl or anything. And it's like, well, of course not. That isn't what being gay means, but that was such a common trope back then. And now you see how it really was. And like every series would have this, like, like the mandatory cross-dressing episode where it's like, Oh, to do this convoluted dumb plan, the UK has to be in a dress, and the semi has like an am I gay crisis, and it's just, I mean, yeah, that happens to people sometimes, or like you know, you put on opposite clothes, and it's like, oh shit, this is me, <laughs> yeah, uh, me cosplaying as Yuri Shibuya. <laughs> but it's yeah, but it's also like that that isn't necessarily conflated with your sexuality. Like you can be gay, no, it's not, not cross dressing. And you can't cross dress without being gay. And, and it's, and you know, but, and and then today you see a lot more, I feel of these characters who don't 
like they don't even necessarily label themselves and you see this even in japanese manga that it's not it's yeah. more of a it's more of a you know this they're just, just doing what, yeah and i really enjoy that and then for the thai bl and i see this in japanese bl as well but 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 particularly because uh, the thai companies are using this platform so much that they are a lot of the series i've seen lately have been very much like they will have a scene where the characters are confronting stereotypes or where they are confronting like um what is that word like they're confronting biases and then being like mm. you know just because i'm gay it doesn't mean that blah 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 or why are there people who look down at us because we are like this and they're using that platform and they're so the medium itself in in a variety mm. of 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 iterations and countries is being used to fight stereotypes and to educate the public and to you know normalize things and i think that that is so cool because it's like you can still have that kind of this is a stupid show or a stupid comic that is made mm -hmm. to, you know to make your heart go a little doki doki right but at the same time we can do you know important things like you can have both and i think that that is very cool yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, the way a lot of, like, superhero shows in the 90s and the 2000s did a lot of that. Like, Static mm. Shock comes to mind. Where, like, Static Shock's, like, half of its premise was to be a morality play. <laughs> where it's like, oh, we're going to talk about race relations and homelessness and not meeting people off the internet. You know? <laughs> it's like, like half of the point... Right. Like, half <laughs> of the point of Static Shock and, like, Captain Planet you know, G.I. Joe, Sonic the Hedgehog, like, so much of that did feel like it was meant to be a morality play. And yeah, like, you could yeah. definitely see newer BL taking up that space where, yeah, like, they're almost, like, going out of their way to be like, well, no, you can't say that, you know, that's, you know, you can't say this character is she, that's a male, you know, he is transgender. Like, they're going out of their way to do that. And I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate yeah. that they're being used as this teaching tool. And I think that that's great. I think that that's great for a generation that is hungry for that, that, you know, some of the stuff can still be a little bit confusing if you aren't, you know, regularly immersed in it. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, why is this not always wonderful? I think for me it's intent. It, it's for me it's intent, and we talked about this in a few episodes. But for me, whenever it's large companies making decisions like this, I always question intent. Are you doing this because you care, or are you doing this because you know it's going to make money? Hmm. Do I think that Tokyo Pop actually cares about queer people? Well, given Tokyo I, Pop's track record on abandoning series, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I don't say that like to besmirch, like capitalism is a monster. Like, I don't say that like, oh, the company is bad and soulless. Brr. Like, no, but company is going to company. Yeah. So, like, That's just how they work, unfortunately. Right. So, like, how much of it is, you know, you genuinely care about producing diverse stories to you see this as a trend that is going to make mm. you money. Um, 
And that's something that until some of these companies do either show their hand a little bit more or not, that I think I'm always going to approach this with a very like 90s, 2000s skepticism about it. Mm. Um, especially when it comes to certain mangaka that it's like, okay, why are you doing this? Because I think one of the big issues that I have with it coming specifically out of BL and Yaoi is that there's still an authorship I don't want to say issue, but issue is the first word that comes to mind. It's that you still have these works that are majority cisgender women or cisgender gay men that are writing these stories. And while we have advocated in the past loosely that it is okay to sometimes tell stories that are not your own, I am always going to question intentionality when you don't. So, and I, I do it with my own writing. I wrote Transgender Vash the Stampede, and I had a full-on crisis of faith. Like, I'm not trans. Do I have the right to talk about Vash's pussy? Like, is that something that I'm allowed to do? And it's like, well, I was doing it for fantasy and for porn. I'm not trying to represent people. I'm not yeah. trying to say, I am the expert of the transgenders. <laughs> I just wanted to write Vash get nailed by his brother. So I did it. Which is, you know, what one yeah. does in a fandom. Yeah. It's knowledge. Right. It's part of right. the so, experience. Right. So, like, I wasn't trying to, like, take up the mass. Like, it wasn't, like, Les Mis, where it's like, I am now the king of the transgenders, you know, and waving a flag. It was... Yes. No, I was just, well, that's a different version of that story than, than what I'm... I mean, I don't know. From where I'm sitting, it's the exact same story. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bitter couple of exes. And they're varying queer children. No, fair. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, I'm always going to have some authorial intent questions when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, Which is valid. Carla, do you, yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I think at the risk of sounding like it's... I. I'm gonna end up sounding like one of these old grouchy, oh my god, fuck Vogue culture people. That's not what I mean, though. But I think for me, I think what what comes to mind that I find that it's not necessarily because I love that there's more diversity and representation. And, I do you know, too. And I, I love it so much, but I what bothers me is how the conversations i mean i think this is mostly you know like a fandom thing or like a parody cult thing where i get so fed up with people being so you know hung up on representation and what is the correct Mm -hmm. way to Mm -hmm. enjoy and create and everything Mm -hmm. and you know that it becomes this it becomes this motion where so many people want only one kind of BL or only one mm-hmm. kind of queer representation because mm-hmm. it's the only acceptable one. And then they forget mm-hmm. that we aren't a monolith. Like your representation right. isn't necessarily my representation and right. everything doesn't have to be representative because as queer people, we also deserve to have, you know, fucked up messy characters with flaws. Right. Who, you know, no. I, Absolutely. And I, yeah, like I, I love representation, but I think that representation also has to be genuine in the sense that characters must be allowed to be human, and so they are mm-hmm. allowed to fuck up, and everything doesn't have to be like 
if you make one like if you have a character who isn't a great person but he's gay mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's bad representation of gay people that is just mm -hmm. one person being a fucking mess for the entire series like right, that is important right. No, 100%. And it is very, like, purity purity culture. Like, it is a lot of fan talk. Um, there are valid concerns about oh, yeah. the media that represents a certain group having to be ideologically pure. I'm a black person in America. Trust me. I know all about that shit. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah, I know all about that shit. Uh, but yeah, there is a certain dialogue that comes up a lot where it's like, oh, this character is too problematic to be gay. I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that all of us had to be saints. Yeah, exactly. Because if that's the case, then I guess I'm straight now. Yeah. And then, you know, that internal, not to drag up that discourse again, but if you have, and we're not going to mention any names, but if you have, say, a comic that is very sweet and very wholesome, that all of a sudden it is infantilization and, and desexualization of queer men. But if you have a very sexual, raunchy, spicy, problematic mm -hmm. relationship, then mm -hmm. it's fetishization and it's... Mm -hmm and it's glorification of toxic relationships mm. and you can't win mm. it's like it's fiction and we it are fiction. to explore it things is fiction. within fiction everything and doesn't have to be representation is what i'm saying but if you find no, representation within it then that's still valid right right um i think that's where to me this conversation is the same if you watch the old video to now is if I'm looking for representation, it is so much more than a one-to-one -one comparison. Yeah. There is on paper nothing about me that should relate to Yashiro from Twittering Birds Never Fly, except for being both dick pigs and having shitty childhoods. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> At least you're not chain smoking. Okay, I'm very orally fixated. I would 100% <laughs> be a chain smoker if I didn't have asthma. I, I 100%. If you look at all of like my writing avatars, all of them have cigarettes. I 100% would be a chain smoker, but I have very bad lungs. I think um, we should be grateful for that. Yes, we should just, be grateful for that. Because <laughs> I would, I would 100% just be Yuki Airy, just like eating cigarettes with a knife and fork. Oh like, it's the worst. Someone save that man from himself. Oh my God. We've been trying. Yeah. He's but. been throwing several lifelines and he keeps <laughs> popping them. Uh, but like, I don't need Yashiro to be a carbon copy of me to feel seen in him. Yeah. I didn't need that for Edward Elric when I was a teenager who had just lost their parents. I didn't need that, you know, to relate to, honestly, I related a lot to Wolfwood back in 98. 98 Trigun, uh, me and Wolfwood were like, I understand everything about this strange <laughs> man, but I also would like to fuck him and steal his gender. Like you an incubus. Yeah, yeah. Well, like an incubus, I would like to fuck you, but then, like, by proxy, steal your gender. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that's how it worked. 
I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I consider it. Two, two writers make eye contact. <laughs> huh. You know, but yeah, I think that it is a really, really reductive conversation sometimes when it's like, oh, well, this character is kind of messy, so they can't represent anyone. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that all of you were angels floating from on high, that none of you have made a bad decision in your life, that all of you are, I guess, church-approved saints. <laughs> of course. I, I didn't know. I, I wasn't aware. I, I guess you have to revoke my queer card, because... Yeah, I guess. I, I guess, I guess, yeah, I I guess I'm good too, enough. I'm too problematic to be queer, I guess. <laughs> New sticker coming to the shop. Oh my I'm God. so problematic, I'm straight now. Uh, but I also... I don't, yeah, I don't want to be straight. I don't want to be straight. I tried yeah. that. I, I wasn't. I, I tried. It, did, it didn't make me happy. It's not that I tried. It's just that I thought I was. Yeah, I thought I was too. And then I just kept kissing girls. Strange just, how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's like my aunt says and it's a phase. Oh boy, it's been like 20 years. Um, still, still waiting for it to run its course. Um, <laughs> but well, let me know if it passes. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when when the malady ceases. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but and then, as a person of color, it takes up a lot of resources. Yeah, talking. I can talking imagine about characters that you don't own. About characters, uh, you heard some of my vitriol about it in our BL Academia live, where it's like. I wish people would start would stop arguing about Wolfwood and just like pressure companies into making diverse characters. I don't like that he just fell. I saw him falling and I was oh. Look Aww. at him. Look at my he's, baby. He's not the cursed one. There's a cursed one from like no. the early 2000s that scared the shit out of me. If you're if you're a listener only, my Kurama plush, my Ninetales plush from Naruto, which I bought last weekend at a con, just fell from the back of the couch and he's very yeah. cute and you should watch the episode in video just to see him because he's very cute look at him he look looked, at his little face he did he always look like that yeah okay it's, it's he been was, a while since <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe he doesn't look like that in the show but the, <laughs> but he's he's so cute i was he's he was like hidden in like this pile uh, of, of plushies and then i was like uh -huh. is that is that? And then I picked him up and I knew that I was never letting him go. He didn't even have okay. a price tag, so I was just gambling that I could afford him. <laughs> like, yeah, Mood. Mood. But um, it takes up so much resource. It takes up so much energy yeah. and conversation to argue about things when there's real companies, especially in the West, that still don't represent all kinds of queer people, that still don't know how to represent neurodivergent people, that still don't know how to represent trans people, that still don't know how to represent people that are non-binary, but any other flavor of non-binary. Because I think they're trying to understand non-binary, but like only the they, them kind of non-binary. Okay, cool. There's more to it than that. I just feel like sometimes it's such a waste of energy Especially yeah. bullying countries like Japan, like China, like Korea, like Thailand. 
when in our own backyard we haven't gotten it right and right? especially and especially here in America right now where we are going fucking backwards you yeah. don't get to yell at Japan right now our own rights are in jeopardy and then it's like the fi- I mean I do I and we talk about this on the show like this is we part do. of the reason we're talking about representation and that you know what we see in fiction can be influential to our own lives. And, you know, like Absolutely. when I talked about Thailand and how they use the platforms and the actors use their platforms. But but yeah. even then, like, this is not the time to be upset about gay people not gaying right in, in a comic while people are out there taking away our rights and spreading lies about trans people in particular in the media and people actively using their platforms to take away rights and to spread fear-mongering, that's what you need to be upset about. Not that there's this manga character who doesn't feel like that you don't feel like isn't being gay in the right way. Right. It's like, oh, this character... You know, I I personally, I, I think he's of color. So I'm going to spend all of my time, all of my li- my rate-limited tweets on Twitter. Oh, God. I'm so upset. What the fuck? I was, I was, I was working all of yesterday. And then I kept seeing the words rate limit. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I realized, okay, is your ghost Someone okay? knocked at my door. Oh, my God. Should you get it? I don't know it? who it is. They haven't knocked again. It's probably just Amazon. Let me okay. check. Okay. They haven't knocked a second time. But yeah, no, I, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay either. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm not fine either. No. I, yeah, it was it was just Amazon. Everything's fine. Oh, are you getting something exciting? Uh, laundry detergent, a uh, bathroom cleaner, toothpaste. I said exciting. Exciting, no. Amanda. You could have just said no. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Tomorrow I have shampoo arriving. <laughs> tomorrow I have shampoo wow. and hair and hair oil. Coming I had. In there. I had. I am struggling. Uh, my mail has been a mess lately. It's just like not being delivered or being delivered to the wrong place. And the other day, <laughs> I had a package. Uh, DHL. Do you have DHL? Yes, we do. Okay, I'm just checking. Because uh, they they were going to deliver a package. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be home. So I told them, I put in the little box on their little form, please mm-hmm. leave it outside my door. And mm-hmm. usually they do. But I think they have like summer, like people just working for, like temps working for the summer or something. Because this is a second mm-hmm. package that they didn't leave at my door when I told them to. But this one was delivered to this kiosk that is at the mall, which is like, I mean, it doesn't take me very long to walk there. And I was going there anyway. But I was like, I was out. I get a text message. And they're like, you may now pick up your pick up your package at this location on the other side of town. I'm like, this isn't my doorstep. What is happening? So but, that's uh, exciting. Uh, yes. But yeah, no, <laughs> nothing exciting arrived. Um, I decided I don't feel like leaving my apartment today. Uh, fair so I just ordered everything so I can live my once life where I just like drag <laughs> things in from my threshold 
But um, yeah, I think that's my big thing about representation right now is that I feel like the current conversation just takes up so many resources when there are real tangible problems. Yeah. And I feel like it's all... So we talk, I, I made a reference to the rate limited thing on Twitter. So there's actually like a thing right now that r the rate limit isn't entirely real. It's basically just a false flag because Elon stripped the entire company of its infrastructure and he ended up DDoSing the entire company. I hate this man. I hate him too. So the rate limit was to like, look at the fire over here. Don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But I'm like, 600 tweets a day? It's up to 800 now. Oh, wow. Listen, figure skating season is coming. I tweet 600 tweets a minute. I know you do. I'm fucked. Um, well, that's not read. It's, you have to read. Yeah, but like, if... If I, you know, like, th if that's my own tweets, imagine what my timeline looks like. Do you know how many people I follow? Like, girl, I, I don't, I don't work for Twitter. I don't have answers for you. No, I want you to have answers for me. I like you so much better than Elon. But can't you that just feels think? almost That feels almost like an insult. <laughs> yeah, actually, that sounded awful. That doesn't, that doesn't sound nice at all. No, sounds... I meant, I meant. <laughs> I want you to fix it for okay, me. I like you, and okay, I trust like, that doesn't sound nice <laughs> no, at no, all. Sounding, that was like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I like you so much more than this person. I objectively hate. <laughs> but no, that's not what yeah, I meant. Like it, sometimes, like representation, like these conversations do feel like that. It's like let's not talk about the fact that Japan still hasn't really legalized gay marriage. Let's focus on, oh, well, Victor and Yuri got engaged. Wee! Okay. <laughs> I can't believe they robbed me of my wedding. Huh? I'm fine. No, they were going to get married if he won the gold, remember? And then my beloved Russian child ruined it. I was cock-blocked by my own favorite character. Good. No. My wedding. I don't just, I don't just believe in gay marriage. I also believe in gay divorce. <laughs> I mean, fair. We all, we also, we also have the right to get divorced, just like yeah. anyone else. Yeah. Like, and it, you know, and again, it's that thing. And you I know, hope like, it's because of the sex scandal. <laughs> but it's like again, what what do you think that that we queer people do? Like, we fight about who gets who has to do the dishes, like everyone else. I don't understand. And I think that's the other big part. You know, you mentioned that. You know, we're not monoliths. Yeah. And that's true. Like, is being bisexual and gender fluid a part of me? I mean, obviously. But, <laughs> I mean, look at me. Obviously. Are you sure, though? Are you sure? No. <laughs> I'm not sure about anything. Can, can, a straight man, can a straight man do this? But again, <laughs> you gotta remember that I'm a pansexual, which apparently means that I'm really confused. So I don't know anything. Yeah, you're a lazy bisexual. Yeah. Because they can understand bisexuals. Sometimes. They're whores. Bisexuals yeah. equals whore. So pansexuals are like mega whores. And then we don't under <laughs> we don't acknowledge what omnisexual is because that sounds like you're sexual towards omni man, which weirdly <laughs> I am. Wait, I have to okay, hang on. I've gotta do some research. Omni man from Invincible? 
What? He's another sketchy old man, and I like him a lot. You have a type. Do you know that? Do. He is a murderous, sketchy old what? man. Why does he look like that dude in Spider-Man? Because he's voiced by the same guy. Oh my god. It's J.K. Simmons. Oh. <laughs> so it's J.K. Simmons as a murderous dad. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's sounds sounds like your type. That's uh let's go. <laughs> Oh my god. See, this is Amanda dragging down the dark queer community with her love yes. for shady bad gay men. <laughs> yes. This is all your fault. <laughs> yes, it is me. I, it is my fault. I, I'm the problem with the queer community. <laughs> not only not only are you a liar because of all of your long cons, but on top of it all, you're just dragging down the entire community. I am. I keep sexualizing wow, these horrible gay men. God, I know. So... I, should, I should really just stop being so problematic. Um, stop it. <laughs> but yeah, like it takes up, it takes up a lot of energy, and like, yeah, we're not monoliths. We all have unique and different stories to tell. Like being queer is a part of me, but it isn't yeah. all of me. No. Like, except except for in Pride Month, when you turn into that meme, which is like. Yes. Gay isn't 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 my entire personality. Me yeah. during Pride Month, move. I'm gay. Like that's yeah, literally, literally like, me in all of June. Right. Same. It's like I'm gay. Leave me alone. <laughs> like cutting in line. Excuse me. I'm gay. Oh. <laughs> it's like leave me alone, but also worship me, <laughs> please. Right. This is my mom. Do not perceive me, except during Pride Month, where I want to be the center of everyone, <laughs> like, everything. Which and then crazy. Juneteenth comes around. Oh, yeah. just worship me like a god but yeah we're not all the same i mean i think one of the things that i like about when western comics do it a lot is a so like aviale does this with the main pair and bailey who i i can't call him the top anymore because they end up switching a lot uh he ends up being like aggressively demisexual and like that was the first time that i saw demisexual used correctly because I feel like most people either don't know what demisexual is, or it's just lazy asexual. And that's not true. That's not what demisexual is. So Bailey was one of the first times that I remember like seeing demisexual and being like, I understand this. And that made sense coming from a Western queer creator. Hmm. Like that felt appropriate to me. I think there's also a lot of space to talk about the fact that like, as we mentioned, I think a lot of older fans especially do still see BL as not really something that we're meant to find representation in. If we do, it's neat. Yeah. But it isn't there to represent us, especially as an African-American. I'm not looking at any of that shit to represent me. If it does, cool. Yeah. But I'm not going in with the express purpose of hoping to be represented by Jack or shit. But I also think that, you know, that's interesting because we talk a lot about how, you know, what, 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, mm -hmm. when queer characters were so much less common that, mm -hmm. you know, you always remember the first queer character you saw or read about because it was such a shock because you'd never seen yes. it before. And it's yes. like, I think, you know, that in itself is still valid. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that we have so many variations now and like mm -hmm. of, of, of 
different medias that show you know mm-hmm. queer characters in all kinds of shapes and sizes and whatever mm-hmm. but there's still gonna be that that kid or whatever who sees that you know the first bit of representation you see is that oh it's a queer person and i've never seen that or read about that in a series mm-hmm. before and like that isn't any less valid now just because we have better air quotes representation like there is still that impact of just just the fact that there are characters who have the same attractions as you do or the same preferences or whatever that is still very valid because i still know mine it was john constantine (laughs) a blonde sociopath but listen no, I'm I'm not judging. Like Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. But it was it was John Constantine, a messy bisexual who was also a chain smoker and alcoholic. <laughs> and in no way looks like Yashiro, and I will not accept your slander any further. I I'm, I've learned my lesson. Drawing yeah. drawing red threads between your preferred horrible men tends to end me in hot water so i'm not gonna say anything because you're never yeah you get dragged by the ss gaslight the ss gaslight is such a busy ship like the (laughs) the amount of build a model i'm gonna build a model (laughs) right here it's gonna be the ss gaslight i'm gonna build a ship in a bottle it's gonna be the ss gaslight the ss gaslight uh, if you are unfamiliar with this term it's a (laughs) ship that amanda invented during our meeting uh when we were talking about how i mean i don't even know but amanda travels essentially really fast at lightning speed on the ss gaslight to teach me lessons when i I have how do i sound like a mythical character (laughs) because you are I sound like I sound like a chimney Pete now. Also, do you? I just realized that I like picturing the SS Gaslight as like a banana boat, but okay. It's like a magical pontoon. Oh my god! But yeah, like we all have that character that we found and made representation happen. And okay, here's my old boomer statement. It was so nice to build representation up over time for me rather than have it be something that I expect. Hmm. Like I remember, cause I I've been playing Pokemon since Pokemon first came out in the U S and it wasn't until X and Y that you had any kind of like color customization to the character. And I remember like being like fully like out of college and having hmm. like a little Brown character that looked like me. And just feeling, like, so seen. Yeah. And, like, in the later games where, like, oh, like, your mom matches your skin tone. And it's, like, that looks like my mom. Like, that Mm. looks like someone who could be, like, my real-life mom. Yeah. And, like, that was powerful. And it was nice to have to... I'm going to sound like such a fucking boomer. It was (laughs) nice to have to put in the work to find representation for myself than to yell at companies to like rip me whole cloth yeah. and yeah. throw me into a series. Um, I watched Across the Spider-Verse last week. <gasps> I want to see it so bad. There's no spoilers here. But like there were little moments where like I felt super represented, even though that like my upbringing isn't like Miles's, a lot of those things still transfer. I'm not looking for a one-to-one comparison. I can feel represented because I know <laughs> things like having a family. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not looking for, oh, well, he's not a gender-fluid upper-middle-class, and so he doesn't represent me. Yeah, he represents me by being brown and having parents. <laughs> I did once have those. But, it's, you know, it's very hard to... You can't represent every single person within no, one character. That's impossible. impossible. And And I think, you know, and I think that you're making such great points because I'm actually someone who, like... And again, like, I... I enjoy representation, right? I do I've too. never, but I've never craved it. If you get what I'm saying, and of course, part yeah. of that is I am a white cis woman. Like, I have representation. I no. grew up, you know, I grew up a, a small blonde girl, so everything I saw on TV looked like me, right? So I don't mm. know, I don't know that struggle, or you know. The, the isolation of not seeing someone who looked like mm. you and I've also always been like you know I'm very like I'm very chill about like my sexuality and everything like it just it was mm -hmm. just a thing that just sort of happened and mm -hmm. I think be maybe because it just happened and I didn't go around you know wondering and fearing that what if I am gay or what if you know this mm -hmm. or that it was just something I realized one day and then now I'm like oh it's cool if I see that reflected on mm -hmm. screen but i personally have never craved representation in that sense so i'm more of a i absolutely understand why people and especially younger people and especially you know if you have a minority background why it's so important mm -hmm. but for me you know it's more of a like i th like you said i think it's neat if they are you know touching upon a a particular group or a particular struggle mm -hmm. or something that can be easily recognizable and and can have meaning but for like i personally don't you know you understand what i was saying like I, you talk no i get it i get whole, it yeah no i get it and i think the other big thing is is that and this comes from representation of all kinds is that Typically, the representation that we do get, especially if it's out-group versus in-group, yeah. tends to focus on one aspect of it, which is struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every every bisexual is going through this crisis of faith. Am I straight or am I gay? Uh, and I have am to I, choose. And I have to choose. I have to pick a side. You know, every black person, they have to go through this slave narrative. Mm -hmm. And while racism is a crushing yoke, you don't have to dredge up slavery yeah. for every black person like we we aren't we aren't all like that and it's you know i think largely because it is typically the majority that controls the narratives because yes. and i talked about this when i did my i did like that that small presentation i did for the pride event a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago that you know uh, touching upon how queer representation in you know i don't want to use the word mainstream media because that sounds very uh not Humor. great yeah but like you know in in say hollywood for instance like yeah. anything that is kind of like the focusing on the big picture and like where you can get your money like even if there is gay representation it is mm -hmm. done to be it's not done for us it's done to be palatable to a cishet audience and right. so it has to be a certain way. And that's, you know, again, the struggle narrative, because Absolutely. how can we tell gay stories if it's not about the struggle of coming out? Like, God forbid you just have a queer pe people, you know, like your like your favorite mass murderers having breakfast. <laughs> right. And it's just like, you know, you have like the barrier gays trope where like yeah. being gay is so hard that you have to die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but and that happens and that's very sad. Yeah. 
But that's not everything. But then, likewise, I see a lot of people wrongly applying the barrier gaze trope if a gay character dies in anything. Yes. Like, because if a gay it's... character is just hit by a bus, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's we got to bury our gays. Like, no, yeah. he, was, he was standing in traffic. He got hit by a bus. Which like... is, you know, one of the things I really like about horror movies. Because it's like, no, they didn't die because they were gay. They died because it's a horror film. And everyone died. Okay? Except the final right. girl, who has to be in the next film. And it's... Right. Like, like, yeah, this character died because he was standing in the middle of traffic and the bus was there. Yeah. And it's so, like, you it know, had nothing to do. And in some with stories, it, like, if you're writing a tearjerker where the, the ultimate goal is to break your reader's heart because you're killing mm -hmm. your main character, hello, I have done this, then, I mean, it sort of goes under the trope. But at the same time, it's like, what is the purpose of the narrative right why is this character dying and sometimes right. the character dies because it's important to the story mm -hmm. and they just happen to be gay yeah that 100%. doesn't mean that yeah 100 and sometimes yeah like fans can be really really vitriolic about that when like there are instances of barrier gay that are like overt and obvious i mean Cass went to mega hell and again, I'm so glad I was never in that fandom because you guys, <laughs> you're not okay. The car went to heaven. Uh, the car? The Impala goes to heaven. Is the car sentient? The car went to heaven, Corolla. What the fuck? Okay. Cass admits having gay feelings for Dean Winchester. Is and Cass an angel? He is a literal angel. And he goes to mega hell. Because by this point, he and Dean have, like, adopted this, like, small demon child. Because they're gay. Yes. Why is there a mega hell? What, what, what lands you in mega hell? Being gay, apparently. <laughs> I was about to say, is it, like, reserved for gay yeah, people? Wanting to fuck Dean Winchester, I guess. Oh, I guess a lot of people are going there, then. I mean, all of his, all of his crushes do die horribly. Like, all, all, all the women... Based on my old Tumblr feed, uh, that's going to be a very crowded place. Yeah, I imagine Mega Hell is full of all of Dean's exes. Um, oh but yeah, like that's a genuine instance of barrier gay, and the fandom took that and just imploded. We took that on ourselves. We were just <laughs> angry. We we took that and we 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 self immolated. We did that thing <laughs> where uh, sometimes when a if a wasp enters a bee a beehive. The bees will come in and they'll swarm the wasp and they'll hyper, they'll, they'll overheat it because the wasp can't take heat the same way bees can. That's what we did. Okay. I know too many things about things. <laughs> I'm amused. I enjoy, but I think I've heard that actually somewhere. Yeah. It's actually like, yeah, like they, like bees will like cuddle wasps to death. It's great. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like representation is such a fraught subject that I think it's so important to talk about because it shouldn't and doesn't look like one thing. I'm glad that we were able to expand it to talking about everything. We had a whole outline that we just like didn't go into because we, we sort of touched upon it. Yeah, we, we, we've loosely touched the outline. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you want to elaborate on from the outline? Um, I want to elaborate on fantasy really really fast again because yeah. i think that we can hammer that point home a little bit harder um 
if you are reading BL specifically of like the Yaoi variety to be represented, I fully respect you. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> um, I'm kind of, I don't agree with the sentiment of you shouldn't look for it at all. But that's certainly not why I'm reading Maiden Porn. Rose and, you know, Twittering Birds for the 15th time. <laughs> or, you know, anything by... Um, Anything by Harada. Like, I'm not reading those works to be represented. Um, if you oh, are cool. Yeah. Like, if you are awesome, uh, and I would point you in the direction of many Western creators who are doing very similar things that are actually making strives to represent diverse casts. Um, the other thing is, is that with the expansion of headcanons, I feel like the definition of what BL really is changes a lot because I realize because I still ingest like a shocking amount of Omegaverse. I'm shocked. Like <laughs> a lot of it involves like a lot of it involves some very, very complicated, like, you know, alignments of parts. Yeah. So it's which, you know, is part of the reason why I struggle, but I respect right. it. Like I, I do, respect I that. Do, I, do, I do, I do, and I just like I think that's interesting because like that's never read as less BL to me. Yeah, because trans men or men with vulvas does not read any less as two gay men in that scenario to me, especially if it's under like the Omegaverse umbrella, because that's just a whole other thing. <laughs> but like. Yeah, when I started thinking about it this morning, as you, you know, you do, I woke up like Cinderella and I was thinking about Omegaverse. That's what like, does. That's what does. Um, then it was like, yeah, this doesn't look like what most would consider male-male roman ro romance? romance to look like. Male-male <laughs> romance. I mean, there were a lot of those. Oh, there were several. There was, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of those. But it doesn't look feel or sound like what i would have assumed yeah that to be when i was younger but i don't categorize it as anything different now it True. still is even if one of those characters is in possession of female assigned parts and i think a lot of that is you know like just my understanding and my growth that i obviously see gender less in a binary that way and yeah. i understand the validity of trans people i think that's where representation can be great is when you take those resources and you build the representation that you're looking for yeah and stop bullying countries that don't have gay marriage when gay marriage is threatened in our own backyard yeah and and i think you know just piggybacking off of that and the point that is in the outline that says how do we actually make bl more diverse mm -hmm. i think that uh that is exactly it right because we are constantly engaging with the genre be that mm -hmm. you know 
if you want like if you be that if you if you separate between you know like western bl and asian bl or japanese bl mm -hmm. whatever we mm -hmm. make it more diverse when we are crossing these cultural lines because mm -hmm. we are mixing it up like when you are publishing your own bl comic on webtoon or manta mm -hmm. or whatever it is mm -hmm. you are using your own context both personal cultural historical whatever and mixing mm -hmm. it with the genre and therefore mm -hmm. you know constantly pushing the narrative and that's how we mm -hmm. are also getting characters who are more diverse in their backgrounds like there are people of color and again like just you know as a side note we have to remember that most manga is about japanese characters in japan and even though they are drawn in a manga style they're not white people so unless they're meant to evoke aryan looks because japan yeah, still really likes yeah, that th there's that thing and there are a lot of like half you know half western or like you know you have again i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna min mention him because you know he's a big he's a big deal Aaron? you know yeah him too but like ash, ash? you know ash, <laughs> because ash i, I was like it's gonna be one of the two it's gonna be ash yeah. or it's gonna be Aaron. <laughs> one of the two ash or 80 no but i was cosplaying as ash last weekend so he's kind of been on my mind uh the, the, of this power week uh, i was actually not gonna wear him but then it was supposed to be so hot and also okay. my girlfriend was don't. like please don't wear mistopheles because you'll have a heart attack Okay, but also don't refer to the costume as him because now I'm imagining is it kind of like Buffalo Bill shit where you're just wearing his skin. Don't refer. It's so much worse because it's Ash. No, that's not what I Yeah, don't don't refer to that outfit as. Let me drag him. Oh God, no, like no, but yeah, because he's meant to look very Western. Yeah, because he is. He's an American, but it's Aries is meant to be. Whatever area is. Whatever he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's his own thing. But yeah, no. But but you know, so so typically there are people of color as in non-white people in BL mm -hmm. already. Like they're prevalent. But when you take, you know, all of our different backgrounds and 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 heritages into the mm -hmm. consideration like i have so many so many black friends who are making bl who are writing black bl characters and you know right. and and people who are writing non-binary characters or trans characters right. and and you know and, and and pushing the boundaries of what bl is and none of those are like wrong like it's just expanding the genre and the understanding Absolutely. of the genre and it's expanding it in a way that feels more authentic. Like, I can definitely tell, you know, when a series is written by a person of color and they're representing people of color, yeah. then not. Like, there's just, it, it's an entirely different, okay, so this isn't a spoiler for something that happens in Across the Spider-Verse, but it happens in Across the Spider-Verse. So Miles is going to meet Miguel, um... And one of, like, the spider folks is like, oh, you should bring him an empanada. He really, really likes those. And, like, Miles offers him an empanada. He, like, tries to, like, speak to him in Spanish. And it's, like, a really, really cute moment. And I was talking to my friend Amber, who's also a black woman. And it's like, if this happened in an MCU movie, I would think that that's horribly racist. Like, if that happened between, like, Tom Holland and, like, someone else... <laughs> Or, like, even if they had, like, an actor of color with another actor yeah, yeah, of color, yeah. knowing that this is under Kevin Feige, I would think that that's really yeah, racist. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But I know the production of Spider-Verse. I know how many people of color are behind the scenes. Yeah. I know how much, how much thought and heart went into that moment. So it took something that could have been horribly offensive 
and actually ended up being like kind of sweet. He's like, he's trying. Like this is, you know, they they are from different cultures, but they are more akin than you know others. So he's trying. But yeah, like yeah. if that happened in an MCU movie, I'd be fucking angry. <laughs> yeah, but I get that because there's there's so much of it. Like how, how you know you even I as you know a white person in Norway where we have a lot we have different issues. Uh, Correct. I mean, I mean, not to go into the whole identity politics and everything, but everything is very, very different here than it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Obviously, correct. And and so there's a lot of things that that I don't necessarily consider when I'm watching or reading things because I don't mm-hmm. live in it in the same way. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. but 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 like you can tell what it's like. Oh, we did this to be, you know, because we felt like we had to because tokenism, or we mm-hmm. wanted to make them seem exotic, or you know, mm-hmm. let's make this person seem Ugh. intelligent by having them speak a language that isn't, you know, and it's like, mm, no, don't, don't do that. Right, a hundred percent. So I had that to bring it back to BL was a uh, letters for Lucardo, where oh yeah, well, I remember I... you talked about that one. Still not super crazy about the old man fucking. I'll admit that. <laughs> But like you were assaulted, you were personally victimized. That is that is the that is the oldest old man that I would not want sex with. Um, <laughs> but Lucardo's a black man; he's a black vampire, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can relate to him!" Like I usually can't relate to a lot of black characters because they're all written like they're blocks of wood, like they're all yeah. written like they're urban inner city gangsters, and I am the Look at me. I, that is not me. Oh, that is that is not who I am. So, like, I could relate. He was a posh brat who has daddy issues. Same, son! <laughs> Let's go! Yeah, and like, again, because sometimes representation, you know, again, it, it is a personal thing. But, is. like, and, and again, all black people, like all gay people, are not a monolith, clearly. No, we're but, not. But it's also like I wanted to I wanted to mention that earlier as well because I know I've talked about this before. For me, representation in a lot of ways it hasn't anything to do with me being you know mm-hmm. queer as much as it is how I've always identified with male characters. So Same. I typically find representation in male characters, but it's more like you know, and again, it's like personality traits. It's like reaction patterns. How mm. do they not deal with their problems? Like these are the kind of things. mood. Yeah, that how do I they recognize. fuck their way out of their trauma? How do you just pretend like this issue isn't actually a thing and just try to carry on with the uh, one-wheeled wagon that is your life? Because Mood. that is that is me. Uh, Mood. So I yeah, guess, so representation can take so many forms and mean so many can. things. It can, and I and I say that because both of us love that media is becoming more diverse neither of us are neither of us are saying we want things to go backwards i am never not going to be happy about you know right character types and diversity i just think that especially for us in the u.s we are at a critical moment i think we really need to stop putting our energy into fussing outwardly and we need to put that energy Towards saving ourselves. Yeah. Because we are at the precipice of going fully back. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. 
same. I, I don't um, want that for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that we don't want you to find joy in oh. media. That doesn't mean we don't want you to find representation in characters. It doesn't mean that we don't want you to find all these things. Now, as we wrap up, because it's been over an hour, Corolla, if I am not, let's say, a transgender man and I write a trans character, am I fetishizing trans people? I mean, is this fetishizing gay men? That is technically, I mean, not my my question to answer because I am not a trans man. So I can't, trans man. I can't speak to that. And some right. people will probably disagree with it and some people are Correct. fine with it. But, you Correct. know, like you talked about, authorial intent. Like, why are you doing this? What is your mm -hmm. intention? How mm -hmm. are you handling it? Do mm -hmm. you have sensitivity readers? You know, there are all of mm -hmm. these things that we usually engage with and again engaging mm -hmm. critically with content mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is key to handling it mm -hmm. in the best way possible and and i it, and it's not inherently negative or or fetishizing if you're writing something that you're not as long as you're handling it with respect and awareness right and i think i definitely want to because i mean i wasn't respectful to vash's pussy at all so i'm not going to say that i was respectful but <laughs> Well, it depends. Was he enjoying it? Oh, uh, the second time, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so I'm not going to claim that I was respectful to Vash's pussy at all. But, you know, the intent wasn't to say that I'm an authority on speaking of trans. I'm not the Lorax. I speak for the trans. No, it was... <laughs> Sometimes a joke catches up on you and it's like, that was funny. Oh, <laughs> And I'm, you know, as clueless as ever with that. So. But yeah, like there is space for that. And I think if, and I think a lot of the angst that a lot of Western readers have about some of this stuff, you can find by supporting Western artists. Yeah. You can find by, oh my God, your local fanfic writer is probably a very, very tired trans man who is working so hard right now. Like, so many more people of varying sexualities and orientations are writing fanfic than ever. Some yeah. of us have been this way f the whole time, but we didn't have <laughs> words for it. Um, Language is in constant development. And we were in the Stone Ages 15 years Yeah, we were ago. in the Stone Ages. I, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I feel like I'm a different gender, but I don't feel trans. It's like, okay, well, what are you? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mess. Have a word for that it. was generally uh, right. how we handled it. But yeah, and, and again, it's like it's also what you do, you know, like mm -hmm. you as long as you're not projecting these fantasies or whatever onto real people, there is such a big difference between what you enjoy writing and reading, mm -hmm. you know, in the privacy of your own home and how mm -hmm. you, you know, and then going out and projecting that onto actual people on the street. Don't do that. Like, Please regardless do of their gender or their sexuality or whatever, just, no, that is, we don't do that. Yeah, that's, I argue that that's bad for anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and like, sure. and you're not, you're not inherently bad for enjoying this content. Mm -hmm. Just like I wanted to, I just wanted to add that, Please. you know, you are allowed to enjoy content that isn't, you know, the perfect representation or whatever. Yes. Like, 
you're allowed to enjoy that. Sometimes, especially now, the house is on fire. If you need to take a break and just read something or mindlessly watch something, then do it. You, you're still engaging critically if you're, you know, if the, the thought crosses your mind that, well, that wasn't handled very well or that was written poorly, but you can just, you don't have to engage with that all the time. If you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying mm-hmm. the series, then you're allowed to do that. Just enjoy the right. thing, take a break occasionally. Yeah, take, yeah, it doesn't always have to be so fraught. Like, call out bad representation where there's bad representation. Yes, obviously. But sometimes, sometimes a spade is just a spade. Sometimes a character is just poorly written. Yeah. And you don't have to rage about it. It happens. It's an indictment on an entire group of people. Sometimes writers are just bad. <laughs> yeah. and Across the gamut. Sometimes writers suck. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes a portion of the story just falls through. And it's not, it's not necessarily meant towards that specific character or the group that they exist within. It's just bad writing in that, that patch. Maybe that writer was having a really rough time. Yeah, maybe they were having a maybe they were having a bad day. Or like a bad year. What was what I'll be there for No you. don't I was trying not to. <laughs> oh, why are you doing this to me? Because you set it up and I knock him down. I didn't uh, do it on purpose. This is the part of the show where we thank our patrons. Thank and I'm actually gonna patrons. pull up Patreon. So I can say the names because I keep forgetting and it's not because I don't love and support and care about all of you. It's because I have ADHD and usually by the time we're done recording, (laughs) I just want to get out of here. Yeah, fair. Not because I don't love and care about Corolla. Just because it's usually been a while. Listen, I'm not paying. I'm not paying us. You don't have to love and care about me. All right. (laughs) <laughs> this is the part of the show where we thank our patrons, Rachel Tanner, Sue, Lucy H, Amora Blue, Persona Nom Groton, which is still my favorite name, <laughs> uh, Nabila, Ren, Leslie Isham, Jamie Andreessen, Lauren Evett, Jay, Carm. Thank you all so much you. for being here. We just, oh my gosh. We are so fortunate to have all of you here and we appreciate uh, yes. your money as it helps keep the physical and metaphorical lights on. Uh, we have some really, really cool stuff coming down yes. the pipeline. We always say it's, that, but it, but it's true. But it's true. Like we, we have yet to true. lie. We don't like, lie. We're not, huh? We don't lie. If you, exactly. catch me, like, we, if you catch me lying on this podcast, it's probably because I'm stupid and I forgot something. <laughs> it's not because if I catch, intend to lie yeah if you catch me lying on this podcast it's probably saying like I just forgot uh, so thank you to our patrons we appreciate you if you would like to join them you can do so at patreon.com slash the yowie shelf again that is patreon.com slash the yowie shelf Corolla uh, what are we covering next month all I know is that we're going to citrus con <laughs> that is all I know uh, t- so we're going to talk more about 
writing fan fiction, I think. We are. And we how are. how it's changed over the So that's our Citrus Con yeah. panel. Yeah. Uh for the main episode, we're gonna talk about fanfic tropes. Yeah. I knew it was something relating to fanfic, but I'm over here like Citrus Con is coming. Yeah, uh we will be at Citrus Con uh in August. Uh, that panel will be in lieu of a live patrons. You still get your exclusive video, but I'm super excited. August yeah. is great, but for now it's our birth month. Like if you want to support the show, become a patron, buy some merch. Yes. You know, uh, Twitter is still, of uh, unfortunately still a boat. So we are still at the Owie shelf on Twitter. Corolla, would you like to tell the audience at home, other places that they can find us, well, including, we- Yes. Uh, including our Instagram, which uh, yes. has been slightly neglected lately, but you can find us at the Yahweh Shelf on Instagram. Girl, uh, I've been busy. I've been very busy. I'm dead. I'm coming to you from the afterlife. Yeah, the the yeah. minds finally claimed her. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Tumblr. Tumblr. We do have a Tumblr, yeah. Uh, where you can find us at the Yahweh Shelf. Um, if you are a listener only and not watching us in glorious video, you can listen and watch us. Uh, on YouTube at the you can. and yeah. we are very very quick to answer our comments on YouTube uh, because I am prowling like a shark <laughs> and I like to see the comments and then not answer and then them. not do anything <laughs> I will okay I will get better at that but it's like I'm and then, sorry and then Amanda what? will be like oh this blow this comment I'm like oh yeah I saw that yesterday and she's like dude you didn't do anything yeah which is my favorite part where it's like Hey, I saw this comment. Like, okay, cool. Did you answer it? No. No. <laughs> but I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. This is how I this is how I relate to everything in my life, though. So, you know, don't don't feel like you in particular, Amanda, or I our don't. audience are being ignored. This is unfortunately just how I live my life. There was a shocking lack of Sansa in this episode. Yeah, I don't know where he is. Is he in the bush? Probably in the bush. He was okay. in here and had dinner before I started recording. So he's uh, probably outside of the bush. But um, I'm so excited that it's our birth month. Thank you guys so much for being Thank here. Thank you. It was fun to talk about representation again. I feel like this is a yeah. really, really good conversation. Yeah, I think so. Great if job, everybody. If there's something we didn't discuss or didn't touch upon, please, you know, leave it in the comments or bring it to the live because we're going to talk more about this at the end of the month. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, for for some of that spicy engagement, tell us some characters in BL that like you really felt represented by, like on any level. If you know, if you're comfortable <laughs> doing so. Yeah, but, and like, if, I mean, yeah. just look at the two of us. We don't exactly have the best track record when it comes to characters we feel represented by. So you don't have to be ashamed. There's no shame in this house. It's fine. Me and my me and my uh box of sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean thank you guys <laughs> thank you all for listening thank you we'll see you in the next one see you bye bye